Hey everybody and welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. Lena Abjemer here and I'm your host. It is good to have you here. It is a new year, a new study, a new you. I hope you're on the same page as me and I hope you're ready to delve into a Bible study that will turn your world upside down. Listen, before I get into the study and what it's all about, let me just welcome you if it's your first time here. Uh, glad to have you. And if you've been here before, then you know that we're here every week teaching biblical truth for everyday life. I run a ministry called Living with Power Ministries. I have a full-time job as a physician, and I uh, run a ministry that focuses on providing biblical truth for everyday life and sending hope to the world. So uh, we serve Syrian refugees as well as the Ukrainian refugees and the Lebanese. I am Lebanese, in case you were wondering. That's my last name's origin, but I hail from the Midwest now. Uh, my family base home is Green Bay, Wisconsin's huge Packer fan here and I uh, hope you are too. If you're not, I won't hold it against you. And in the meantime, I live in Chicago. I love the Windy City, uh, except in the winter. But uh, what I love most is teaching God's Word. So I am glad you tuned in. I'm glad you checked us out. And I hope you're telling your friends about it. By the way, did you know you can subscribe to this podcast? That way every week you just get a link whenever we uh, drop a new episode. And we are going to delve into the book of Acts. This is an awesome book in the Bible. Great time of the year to be thinking about the church and Jesus and how he turns everything upside down, which is why I've called this series the Upside Down Series. I'll be breaking up teachings into two weeks per chapter, and we will uh, guide you along every week. In the meantime, sit back, listen up. Don't turn your speed to double speed, because you know what will happen. I think the normal speed or slow speed is another option for those of you who prefer to listen slow. But however you listen, I hope and pray that your hearts are open to the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, and that you are ready to have your life turned upside down by the power of the gospel. All right, I don't know about you, but look, look, you live through your life, you give yourself to the Spirit, you say, God, I, I want you to overflow in me, and you see nothing. See, we're not always going to see the wind coming in the building, we're not going to see the fire on our heads, we may not even see tongues if you grew up in my household, but, but what you will see is the Spirit of God at work in and through you to affect the people that He has put around you. And if you don't see it today, one day down the road you will. And if you're, he may be gracious enough to show it to you here on this earth, or you may not see it till you go to heaven. Do you believe that the Spirit is at work in you? And I find that often my lack of faith and my disbelief is what hinders the Spirit from working in me. We're down to point three, I think. Let's, um, let's talk about when the Holy Spirit comes, it will be obvious. And then number three, uh, actually right before we get to number three, just one more quick thought. By the way, nobody missed it. The people who were there, by the way, from all the countries of the world, even Arabia, I'm so thankful for that, okay? I know you guys don't think of me as an Arab because I seem so cosmopolitan, but, <laughs> but, but one of those things, I'll show up with something on my head. But until then, until then, look, 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 everyone, the words, look at the words. It says they were bewildered, they were amazed, they were astonished. And then they started talking about it, like, what's going on? It says we, in verse 11, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does, this, what's the, what does this mean? Of course, what did some say? They were mocking. Every time the Spirit is at work, some will be in awe. Others will be mocking. Don't, don't miss that. It's always going to be the case. Not everybody will believe. 3,000 believed, but not everybody who was there believed. But your job isn't to determine who's who. Your job is just to speak the word of God. And so we get to number three, which is this. When the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus is exalted. It's interesting because, because when the Holy Spirit filled the disciples, when he filled them to overflowing and they started speaking in tongues, 
They didn't start a healing service, though that would have been great. And we see tons of healing in the book of Acts. We're going to talk about healing next week, so come back. It's going to be great. They don't go into a big worship service. What Peter gets to right away is what? He gets right into the speaking of the teaching of Jesus Christ. He immediately goes to, to the story of Jesus. And so I'm not going to dissect all of his sermon, but I just want to highlight a couple of things. Of course, he quotes from Joel in verse 17. He says, in the last days it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And, and the only thing I want to bring up there is this. We are living in that last days. Because the spirit of God was poured out at that time. And so you, you may be saying to yourself, well, well, what, was it the last days then or is it the last days now? We are living in the last days. It was the last days then and it is the last days now. You know, there's no other event that is ever going to happen now until Jesus comes back. Like, we're done. Jesus has risen. He's ascended. The Holy Spirit has come. The church is well underway. God is saving people from every country and every nation and every language and every tribe. And pretty soon he's coming back. There's no better time to be living with the fullness of the Spirit in you than now. But then we'll go down to just a couple of thoughts about, the, uh, about his sermon. I love it because uh, the word is preached. He, the Old Testament uh, uh, prophecy is brought in. So you see that in, in Joel and he quotes David from Psalm 16. I love that, that Psalms, by the way. And, and he kind of explains it. And so there's a, the, the Holy Spirit has come and truth is declared. And, and he, the teaching is expounded. So you see kind of those characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Don't miss that. But, but right away in verse 22, it says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God and mighty works. And he goes down and tells the story of Jesus in the next 15 verses or so. And he ends up in the resurrection. And then you get all the way down to verse 36. And he says this. He caps it with the spirit of conviction right there. This is the Holy Spirit at work in Peter's life, declaring truth, teaching who Jesus is, and then confronting with sin in verse 36. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. There are people in the house who are from Arabia. They probably never heard of Jesus before, perhaps. But Peter is reminding them that it is our sin that has sent Jesus to the cross. Do you understand that? That when the word of God is, is preached and when the word of God is taught, there's a spirit of conviction because we're faced with our own sinfulness. And the response, of course, is it, there has to be a response. You see it in verse 37. It says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They were convicted. And it happens, it's happened to so many of us. It happened to every one of us at one point in our life. When we heard about uh, the fact that Jesus Christ came to earth, that he was the son of God and came to earth and lived a perfect life and then went to the cross and suffered sin and shame because of our sin and shame. And that we were on our way to hell and were it not for Jesus dying on the cross for us, taking the penalty for us, we would be, we would be damned in an eternity in hell. Do you understand that? And every one of us at one point felt that conviction in our heart. And we said, we, we don't want to do it our way. And so they asked, they asked the question, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when you get convicted, what's the obvious answer? It's to repent. And, and though that happens in a dramatic way at salvation, by the way, it happens again and again for the Christian who is yielding to the Holy Spirit again and again in our daily life, doesn't it? See, I, I kind of get in these zones where I'll be really godly and doing really well for a while, but then what happens? Sin creeps into my life. Why? Because I stop yielding to the Holy Spirit. And I start thinking, well, I kind of got this thing on my own. It's not, you know, and I start kind of justifying certain things. And, and next thing I know, I kind of get in this pattern where, where uh, what happens is you, you'll, you'll kind of know that it's wrong, but you'll ignore it. 
uh, the Holy Spirit can, how, how can, can become minimized in your life. Because what do you do? You can quench him. You extinguish him when you don't do what he wants you to be doing. Or when you do what, what you're not supposed to be doing. So you can quench him or you can grieve him when you're doing something that he, he's unhappy with. But you ignore that and you ignore that and you ignore that. You refuse to repent. I've been in seasons of my life when I've refused to repent. I've never been as joyless as during those seasons. When I felt like, you know what, I know that what I'm doing is wrong, but I'm going to persist in it because I can manage it. And it's usually not the big things, right? I mean, most of us don't go around killing people. That would be obviously wrong. You know, most of us don't do things that are like, you know, like we kind of try to have clean sins, respectable sins is what someone called them. But the more you ignore that prompting of the spirit of saying, don't do that. Don't do that. That habit is wrong. Don't look at that. Don't listen to that. Don't read that. Don't do that. And, and when you stop listening to the Spirit, you stop hearing Him. Are you hearing the Holy Spirit in your life? And, and listen, the only way to start he hearing Him again is to repent. That's it. You, you just, there's no better time than tonight. You say, you know what? It doesn't matter what I've done. I, re I recognize that it's wrong, and, and, you, and maybe you, you read this act too, and you think, I just want the Holy Spirit to have his way in my life again. I just want him to, to do things like he did in the life of my mother, how she's affected this person. I, I want to be used by God that way. You know where you start? Start by repenting. Confess all known sin to, sins to the Lord. And, and I find usually, it, it's a specific sin that I usually know. Usually, I, I can tell you, like, what is it that, that's between me and the Lord? I can, I can make you the two-point list. It's not long. It's just a question of, will you do it or will you not? And you know those people that asked, what shall we do? They had a choice. See, they didn't have to repent. They, they had to choose to repent. Now, he set it up so that they could repent. But that act of turning to the Lord, you have to make. I can't make that for you. But I can assure you that the moment you do, the Holy Spirit will fill you again. And I assure you that you'll feel that joy of fellowship with the Lord again. If you're in a time in your life where you just feel like there's a separation between you and God, that's not surprising. Isaiah 59 talks about that. You know that sin separates you from the Lord. And so Christian, there's no better time than, than to confess your sin in repentance to the Lord and to declare by faith that the Spirit will, is, is already in you. You don't lose the Spirit just because you sin. You just stop hearing Him. But for Him to take action again in your life and for Him to overflow in you, there has to be that. You know, Moody once gave this uh, illustration. He, he put a glass of water out and he says, how do you get the air out of this glass? And everyone was like, well, you can suck it out. You know, you can get it out. Like, of course, you can't get the air out of the water. So he took a bottle of water afterwards, and, and he said, the only way that you can get air out of the water is to take the water and to fill it, right? And we're going to just do a little bit of a mess there. And, of course, what happened? The cup filled to overflow. And so, so many of us, I think it's this balance of saying, on one hand, it's a matter of confessing sin and of getting rid of those things, but it's like you can't just suck the air out of the glass. You have to at some point start filling with the Spirit. So how do you do that? You, can, you get in the Word of God. You start fellowshipping with other believers. You start worshiping the Lord in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and you do those things that bring joy to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 is a great chapter for you if you're stuck in a pattern of sin and you need freedom. Galatians 5 talks about not fulfilling the lusts of the flesh, and specifically it says this, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The greatest enemy of the spirit is the flesh. Who's controlling your life? And it goes on and, of course, lists those things. If you want a list of, well, what are some things? Hey, are you, are you full of envy? Are you full of anger? Are you full of, it doesn't have to be bad things. It just has to be things that are grieving to the Spirit. And, of course, then you get the fruit of the Spirit. So we talked about what the Holy Spirit comes just as he promised. Number two, when the Holy Spirit comes, it will be obvious. Number three, when the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus is exalted. And then uh, just, uh, and we're, we actually already talked about in point four, but if you're in a fill-in-the-blank mode, I don't want to make your life more stressful to you. When the Holy Spirit comes, a response is inevitable. And then lastly, when the Holy Spirit comes, everything changes. I'll just add, I'll just end with... Um, that verse 42 through 47, a church is born. Of course, 3,000 people came to Christ that day, and that's a huge number of believers. And I love it. They weren't worried about multi-campus churches and where they're going to fit these people and raising up small group leaders. And they didn't care. They're like, come on, everybody come to our house. We'll have a picnic at the house, and we'll just do it for weeks and weeks. And they did it for a while, and the church kept growing. And so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And it keeps going on about how that work kept growing and and then in verse 45, it says, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing through proceeds to all as they had need. This was not a communal living. This was a situation where a, a need would come up and they'd be like, you know what? Let's help Sally or let, let's help John over there. And so they would just then, they would sell a house if they needed to. They did anything for each other. You say, what kind of church grew? When the Holy Spirit comes, everything changes. A new church was born and, and I wrote this down. It was a 5G church. I mean, go through it. I'm serious. Just telling you truthfully. You go through and you see every characteristic. It was glorifying to God. It was growing in the word and the teachings of the Bible. It was gracious. They were gracious to one another. They were grateful. You know, people were like looking in and going, these people, they're so thankful. This is unheard of. And they were generous. I love it. And the effect was that the Lord added to them day by day by day. Yesterday, I was driving home from work. And as, men, uh, as often happens at 1 o'clock in the morning, I got pulled over. And, and it's, it's, it's funny because, and I'm going to end with this really, and I appreciate your patience today. I think I, uh, I've been trying really to, to stay on, on schedule for your small group time, so I appreciate your patience. But blame it on the pneumonia, see? We can apply the lesson in, in daily conversation. Anyway, but, but, but the guy pulled me over on the interstate, and, and I'm telling you, my, I had two thoughts when he pulled me over. The first was, what? I wasn't going that fast. I was only 10 miles an hour over. Like, how dare he? Nobody pulls you over for 10 miles an hour over. My very second thought was, was doesn't he know what I do for this community? Like, I'm a doctor. I'm saving lives, you know, one cold at a time. And, and you're pulling me over to give me a ticket. So, so I pull over. And I took my hoodie off really quick because I wanted him to see the scrubs. So, and, I, and I wanted to act, I wanted to act like I wasn't like trying to pull any kind of, you know, in, in things, you know, I don't want to use the G word, but, but you, you know, I think because it's on video and stuff anyway, but, but, but I was all nervous and I pulled over and then he comes walking up and I was trying to balance this attitude of like, you know, like being annoyed, but also being humble and it doesn't work very well. But, but he right away was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving you a ticket. I'm just giving you a warning. And so, so he went to write the warning and this is what a warning looks like if you don't know. And I think I can give it away because I don't think I need it. I don't know why he took the time to write it. I'm like, if it's a warning, why are you eating into my sleep? Just, just let me go. But he went back and I had about 15 minutes to sit in the car and think. And, and you know what I realized that we are so often just like that when it comes to the spirit of God. We think of him as this cop waiting on the highway to catch us. And when he finally convicts us of a sin in our life, we have these two thoughts. One is, that wasn't that bad. 
I mean, it was only 10 miles an hour over. And, and it's a horrible thought because, because we kind of decide what's a good sin and what's not. And, and, and 10 miles over is still 10 miles over. It's wrong. The cop would have had a right to write me a ticket. But, but the very sec, the second thought that I believe we have is, that, is this. It's, I can't believe God keeps calling me on this stuff. Doesn't he know what I'm doing for him? Doesn't he know how I'm serving there, how I'm going to small group, how I'm attending church, how I'm tithing every... And we get caught up in these acts of self-righteousness. And in the midst of all that, I think Satan has such a way to make us misunderstand the Holy Spirit. And we go, and, I'm, and I, listen, I know that there's no way in a 45-minute slot we can even scratch the surface of who the Holy Spirit is. But, 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 but in that moment, when we get these thoughts of self-righteousness and annoyance that the Holy Spirit again would convict us of sin, we miss out on the fact that he's not just a convictor of sin, but that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, and that he's our friend, and that he's our counselor, and that he guides us in the way we should go, and that he is our intercessor making, pleading for us in our prayer requests, and that he is a, the, the person who stays near us when, when everything else seems to be falling apart, that he's our empowerer, that when we speak and we don't know what to say, he comes in and he, he gives you the things to say to the people at work that you're trying to love, and, and he bears the fruit in your life, and he does all of that. Are you stuck on a Holy Spirit that's just that convictor of sin? that you feel resentful of because you think you've got it figured out. I ask you to repent if you're in that state of self-righteousness. I've had to do it many times in my life. And in his grace and his goodness and in his mercy, he pours himself on us again and again and again. You know, it's not do you have the Holy Spirit, but does the Holy Spirit have you? And God, our heart's desire is that you have us completely. Father, take my jumbled thoughts today, and Lord, you know that I did the best I can, but Father, there's no way we can fully understand who this person of the Trinity is unless you explain him to us. But we do have a hunger and a longing in our hearts that you would step in and that you would open our eyes, that we would see things such as we have never seen before. Father, we long for those great moments of work, but Father, we also want those quiet Moments of presence that only you can give. So, Father, be with every small group now. I pray that you would continue your work of encouraging, uplifting, interceding, fruit-bearing, sanctifying, and convicting. And may you bring freedom and joy and unity and fellowship that only come in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, whom we love. Well, that's our teaching for today, and I'm so glad you checked in, and I pray that God is at work in your life even as you conclude this time in the Word. Hey, I can't wait to be back with you next week. In the meantime, know that you can download our app. It's called the Living with Power app, where you can access all teachings and resources at your fingertip. You can also spend some time on our website. It's the livingwithpower.org website, where you can also find out about our global work. Uh, we have a store that you can buy more resources on or download free studies. Hey, are you following me on Instagram? I show up daily trying to provide encouragement to you and a little tidbit of God's word in a world of social media. And if you are here for the first time, again, welcome. Thanks for being here. And if you've been here before, please come back again and subscribe to this podcast. But more importantly, just know that God loves you. He's for you. And I can't wait to be back with you next week.